0: What's up, party people? It's Talib Kweli, the BKMC, the MCEO. I love the fact that y'all checking out the People's Party and showing us a lot of love. You know what we do. We're bringing you all the live guests. We're bringing you the best podcast on the internet. Just make sure you subscribe and leave a review. People's Party, Talib Kweli. Let's go. What's up, party people? You in the place to be is the people's party With your host, Talib Kweli The BKMC, the MCEO Next to me is my lovely And talented co-host Always thoughtful Always thought-provoking Always funny Give it up for Jasmine Lee Everybody in the place to be
1: Yeah, Yeah, yeah that's me, baby
0: How you doing, Jasmine?
1: I'm quite swell
0: So in this show, we've had a lot of musicians, Mm -hmm. we've had a lot of trendsetters, we've had a lot of comedians, and I feel like when we have the comedians on, that's your favorite part.
1: It is. I love the comedians. Yeah,
0: comedians are always, always very funny. Um, Today's guest is a comedian. Uh, She is a very, 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 very funny comedian, one of my favorite comedians. Uh, Her comedy cuts like a razor, but is simultaneously big hearted. Um, You might know her for stand-up specials on Netflix uh, laughing to America, skinny bitch, live at the Apollo. Uh, if you're from the UK, you might know her from Mock It A Week or Lenny Henry Show. Um, she is working on a show right now called Bob Hart's Abishola. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the lovely, the talented, the intelligent, the beautiful, Gina Yashere. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay.
0: I, and this, I wanted to make sure I pronounced the last name right. You got it perfect. I got it perfect. Perfect. Most people mess it up. But
2: you, Yashire. You did well. You did well. <laughs> Just think Yashire. Yashire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Nigerians okay. pronounce it much more aggressively. Okay.
0: Yashire.
1: That's how it's supposed to be pronounced.
0: My name is, um, Talib is, is Arabic. Um, and Kwali is uh, from people of the Icon, So it could be Swahili or, or, or people from Ghana or whatever. Um, so I understand growing up with an african sounding name
1: yeah, you know
0: i'm not i'm not from my parents are not from any place in africa but you know i understand that what was that like growing up with an africa let's talk about just names first because okay. there's a lot i'm sure there's a lot we can unpack about being a black person growing up in a majority white country well wow. yeah my full name is regina
2: obidakbo Ebua. Okay. Yashere. I mean, there's a load of other names. Okay. But like, because in Nigerian culture, all the relatives come when the baby is born and give their uh-huh. own names and their own meanings and add their own sort of, and, and what happens is your birth certificate ends up looking like a copy of the Da Vinci Code. So <laughs> like, you gotta, so I, you right. know, my mum picked the three, the names, right. and I'm named after my grandmother. Right. Uh, Abua, oh, me I'm, too. Because I, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Well, that's it, because I'm, a, apparently I'm a reincarnation of her. When I came out, I had this birthmark and when my grandmother died, I mean, it's a long story about that's how a beautiful birthday thank you people often think it was a tattoo because I'm tattooed they all assume it's like a heart or a map Mm -hmm. or something but so when I came out with this birthmark uh my mother was like, oh, my mother has returned. And so Ebua, I got the middle name Abuah. But mm-hmm. growing up with an African name in, in England, mm-hmm. when uh, we weren't cool at the time. You know, okay. the only images of Africans on TV were Tarzan movies where right. we were running around cooking white people in pots. right? Or we were on hung, uh, hungry on television with flies landing on our face mm-hmm. and people going, please, please feed these poor... And right. these were the only images of Africans. Right. So being an African kid in, in school, it was not fun. I right. got t- a lot and, and laughed at And called names And like in America You guys got uh, African kids got called African booty scratcher That's right In England it was African bubble African you know <laughs> Spear chucker right, All right, of right. that kind of, It was a very similar thing And it's kind of funny Because Because of the miseducation, Mm -hmm. you know, we didn't have, no, you know, a lot of uh, Caribbean kids and African-Americans didn't know their history Mm -hmm. because it was kept from them. Mm -hmm. A lot of, uh, I was brought up in England, so it was mainly Mm -hmm. uh, descendants of Caribbean Mm -hmm. uh, people who'd come to England. So it was, other black kids were from the islands, Jamaica, Barbados, Trinidad, you know. Right. So because their history was kept from them and they didn't actually know that they were descendants of African Mm slaves because it was left out of the school curriculum. Um, they didn't know. So they just, they were like, oh, we're not like you Africans, Mm. you animals, you know, we're different. We're from the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. You guys are animals and savages. And that was what I had to contend with at school with a lot of teasing from other black
0: kids. There's those same hierarchies in Caribbean culture because I grew up in a mostly Caribbean neighborhood. Wasn't a lot of Africans, but there was Africans there. It was like... um, you know, the Haitian kids, mm-hmm. they would pick on the Haitian kids right, and right. they would call them, say they have uh HBO Haitian body odor, you know, and the same thing as African booty <laughs> right, scratching. Right, right. Um right. But did you ever feel some I I had friends who would sort of hide in plain sight and not claim being from Haiti. Mm-hmm. Oh you know yeah. man. Yeah. We all did it.
2: Yeah. I did it myself. Mm-hmm. You know, um a lot of African kids would go, you know, they they try and anglicize their name. Yeah. So if their name was Ola, it'd be Ola. Mm-hmm. You know, Dele Bidi. Right. you know, my first name was Regina Obidi. Uh-huh. Well, but for, for the first sort of 10 years of my mm-hmm. life, I was called by my middle name, which is Obidapo, mm-hmm. which was shortened to Dapo. Mm-hmm. And that was my name at school until I was about 11. But people laughed at the name, wow. called me Bus Depot, called me this, called me all of that. Mm-hmm. And so when I went to high school, I was like, no, nah, I'm going by my first name, which is my British name. Cause I was trying to hide the right. Africanness, mm-hmm. and you know, African kids used to lie about where their parents came from. Yeah. They'd be like, "No, my mom my my dad's American," because America, everything America was cool. So, right. you know, my dad's American, uh, and I, I lied all the time. I used to go, "Yeah, my mom's not African. She's from..." Cameroon, which is an African country, right. but, it, but it, they spoke French there, so it right. sounded a little bit less African. Shout out to my man ADK. Yeah. <laughs> Parents is from Cameroon. Yeah, right. he's gonna be on the show. So you know, we all did it as kids. We right. all did
0: it. We all tried. You know, but I, I did it too. I, when I got to high school, my name went became TK. Yeah, they call me yeah. TK. Yeah, and um, then when I started my rap career, I reclaimed my name. Yeah, but yeah, I, it was it was a thing of you know it was a thing of indoctrination i didn't realize back then i thought i was just making it easier for everybody yeah but i understand really what i was doing well exactly and you know but my mother was super Nigerian, super mm-hmm. proud of the culture, so I couldn't
2: hide it for too long. Because when it came to parent-teacher conferences, <laughs> right. my right. mum would turn up in full African costume, all the gold around her neck, like wearing the, the equivalent of a small country's GDP around her neck. You know, did you know I there? Where's my daughter? Where's my daughter? So there was no wow. escaping my Africanness. Right. So in the end, you know, when I left school, I was just like, you know what? You know, I, this is the name I go by, but I'm mm-hmm. going to claim, reclaim my Africanness That's and just right. be. You know, when I started doing comedy. I just went, I came out kicking the doors down Yeah, I'm a Nigerian Because when I started doing comedy A lot of the comedians were Caribbean The black comedy Mm -hmm. scene was all Caribbean comics Mm -hmm. And a lot of their jokes was at either white people or Africans Mm -hmm. So it was like the African stereotypes of wearing shoes and no socks And being ashy and all this kind of stuff So then I was like, you know what? I'm going to come and I'm going to do my jokes poking fun at Caribbean. So I'm going to bring, I'm going to come from a different perspective. And that's how I came out on the comedy scene, claiming that.
1: Did you feel like when you were in school that you got teased more from the black kids or the white kids?
2: Oh yeah. I definitely had more issues at school with other black kids than white kids. And white kids would stand back and and they couldn't understand what was going on because we were all, same to them. Mm -hmm. And that's exact, that's the science
0: right there. Yeah, That's the science right there. That's how you know it's real indoctrination because they all look in white kids is looking at it like, (laughs) It's just crazy They probably
1: were laughing Like y'all are all niggers to me
2: That's right And and the same thing Followed me into my work life Mm -hmm. I used to build and repair Elevators Mm -hmm. for a living I'm a qualified engineer And I worked for Otis Mm -hmm. And I was the first British First woman engineer In Britain In their 100 year history Mm -hmm. So not only was I Their first female engineer I was black too Mm And I came in a lot uh, higher qualified than most of the white engineers. So they resented me from day mm-hmm. one. So I, I yeah, I went for a baptism of fire. They'd mm-hmm. openly call, talk about the N-word and right in front of me. They, I'd come into work and pictures of monkeys and bananas oh were hung God. above my overalls. But I was like, you know what? I know you guys are trying to drive me out, but I'm going right. to stay here. And I'm going to prove that I'm as good as you guys. To You know, I'm good enough to be here. But... A half sort of a year into the job. I was working on a, a, a building site, and a black guy came to work on the site, and I was like, "Thank God, mm-hmm. you know, me and him are gonna, you know, we're gonna be a, a force against all these racists." Mm-hmm. He's gonna have my back. I'll have his back. And he came on the site, and nope, nope. Whoa! He sided with the white guys. and goes, "Oh, I'm, right. I'm not, I'm not one, I'm not African, with big nose and big rubber lips." Right. I'm kind of being, we were, and this was Company man Yeah, this is why I hate him to this day Because he was like, (laughs) our people were rescued by the white man Are you serious? We were rescued Wow And that's why I don't have big rubber lips and a big ugly nose like you don't. And he was doing that in front of my white counterparts And then they were laughing at both of us Right, because now they're weaponizing him against you Yeah, so I'm arguing and screaming at him on site, And we're getting, you know, and in the end, after two weeks of that I was like, you know what? I look and I see these white guys laughing at us. Mm. And I was like, I'm not going to say another word to this dude. I'm cutting it off because I'm not going to have them laughing at both of us. And I never spoke to him again. Wow, you had to
1: be really strong working there.
2: Yeah, I mean, I lasted,
0: I was with that company four years. Four
1: Four years? years I was there.
0: Um, You often speak in your comedy about how ignorant Americans can be about where black people live Mm -hmm. how black people we, we, we don't understand and not just black people in America, but Americans in general. Yeah. have never, don't understand that London has black people there. Yeah. I mean, black America is very insular. Mm hmm. It's very insular. You
2: have because like I read a statistic that like 75% of Americans don't have passports. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. still the case. I read that a few years ago. No, that's right. Ago. But like so, not many Americans have been outside of America, mm-hmm. and all the information that they consume is from American media. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first came to America, I went into what's that? Uh, there's a bookshop
0: at the Grove Borders. Barnes barn, oh, Borders, Borders or Barnes and. Borders was a big one, right? I mm-hmm. went to that mm-hmm. bookshop. And that's how I, I know that you're not from America because. You Went to the bookstore when you got here. Yeah, I went to the bookstore I was looking for some good books. Right, that's, not and, America, um, so that's why I ain't no more borders. Uh,
1: we went to the bookstore as like a family trip. My mom went as, well, a, that's family, why you here as a family yeah. trip. We did it's it. A like, yearly uh, vacation. That trip. not trip. not trip. Sorry, mommy. Uh, like our weekend activity, we would go to Borders and read all the books. Well, that's what I'm saying. It was. Right. A, I'm, a free, I'm a book oh my reader. Gosh. <laughs> but I went
2: to Borders and I mm-hmm. went to the world section. Mm-hmm. And the world section, every book was about America. That's right. There was no world. So it's I wouldn't say it's the fault of the Americans, it's the fault of the institution, the country, right. the way it's been set up. So a lot of Americans have no knowledge of other countries. Mm-hmm. You know, and the fact that the man and the movie industry, if you look at a movie like Notting Hill, mm-hmm. black people hated Notting Hill. Right. Black people in England hated that movie. Right. Because oh. Notting Hill was
0: a black area. Right. In the, the 40s, I did not know that to this, just now. I Me neither. I everybody yeah. there looked like Hugh Grant. No. Just,
2: 40s so just and 50s, uh, when the Caribbeans uh, were coming to the UK to work, invited by the mm-hmm. British government mm-hmm. to help rebuild the country after the, the Second World War, they, could, they couldn't get rent anywhere. Nobody mm-hmm. would rent to them. White people would not rent to them. And Notting Hill was full of very large houses that were owned by slumlords. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of black people navigated to that area because that was the only places they could uh, uh, rent that people would rent to them because it was owned by slum rolls. So, slum rolls so a lot of black people lived in Notting Hill. Right. That's why the Notting Hill Carnival, which is similar mm. to the Labour Day Carnival, mm-hmm. that's why it's there. Have you Have you ever been to Notting I Hill Carnival? Not. Okay, it's basically mm. the same as the Labour Day Carnival. Mm. It's a massive carnival well known around the world, all Caribbean, the floats, the music, all of that, mm-hmm. originated in Notting Hill because that's where Black people were. Mm. And then um, there was several riots, uh, a riot in, I think, I'm going to say the early 60s, late 50s, early 60s, Mm -hmm. can't remember the exact, where white people decided they didn't like black people in Notting Hill and there was a riot, the skinheads used to go over and attack people and so there was a riot there Mm -hmm. and again in the 80s. So it was a black area, Mm -hmm. but then it became gentrified and then basically as the area became rapidly more expensive, black people were pushed out. Mm -hmm. So then when you watch the movie Notting Hill... You you know, right. it's, it's not hard to I mistake just, it for yeah, a white yeah. area because the only black person in that movie was a security guard. Right. Mm-hmm. It would be like filming, making, re, you know, do the right thing and having
0: Justin Bieber play Radio <laughs> Raheem. <It's laughs> that's just ridiculous. That's how I felt when I saw the movie Brooklyn, you know, which is about the Irish experience in Brooklyn, which I'm sure it's a very valid and fair experience, yeah. but it's just not my experience, Yeah. you know, or like the movie, and shout out to my man Justin Timberlake, Um. but I have not seen the movie he did recently did. He, like about Coney island
1: and it's white people
0: yeah <laughs> yeah so not, no one's seen this movie if i have it's like
1: making black panther with
2: <laughs> just white people i mean it's just ridiculous
1: <laughs> if there if were white people in Coney island then all the rides would probably work <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Coney Island one of the hardest neighborhoods in Brooklyn um, I love Coney Island I love Coney Island
1: it's uh, crazy that you say because I was one of the Americans I don't have a passport and also you I still don't have a passport? I buy I'm, I'm a starving artist I need, right. a, a, I need a passport well, you're gonna go
0: with me I'm going to London next week and you're gonna come with me
1: oh my god I'm ready right. get
0: your passport ready
1: I didn't know that there were like a whole community of black people in London until I moved to South Florida. And I met this guy who was a, was Jamaican, but he was from England. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, my whole family lives out there. And I was like, what, how? Like I was like really <laughs> in shock.
2: Well, people don't realize that, that slavery was a worldwide yeah. phenomenon. America world was world- not the king of slavery. Mm-hmm. In fact, the UK, the Europeans were the worst. I, I, you I said, say they did
0: it better. You said they, 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 they England is the best at racism. Yeah, they yeah. are the best. I mean, the, the sun never uh sets on the british empire exactly i mean you what what i
2: what, how i do i do a routine about it where i talk about how the british and the europeans as, mm-hmm. as a rule were better um americans did the equivalent they stole black people from africa they brought them to america mm-hmm. and work and, and forced them to work on plantations within the united states Mm -hmm. what the europeans did and the british did (laughs) specifically is they they stole black people but then they didn't bring them to england they had them work on colonies in the caribbean Mm. so and that's where the caribbean people come from Mm -hmm. so they did the americans did the equivalent of stealing stuff like stealing shit but keeping it in your own house Mm -hmm. whereas the british stole shit but kept it in other people's houses Mm -hmm. so if you'd gone to england and gone hey you stole african people they'd have been like but where uh, yeah. Where uh, is the evidence? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, right. and that's where uh, right. Af- uh, Caribbeans, you know, the black people in Brazil, you know, Portuguese, the, the, the mean- sp- yeah. Spanish. They the spend the money with the Queen on on the on the dollar.
0: Mm-hmm. In exactly. The meantime.
2: All the black people yeah. that are spread out through Europe mainly descendants. Mm-hmm. Of people stolen from Africa, and that's why you get all. That. And then, obviously, when when the UK needed rebuilding, mm-hmm. and 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 they needed jobs done that white people refused to do, they went to their colonies, mm-hmm. wow. you know, and said, "Hey." Come to England. We'll provide a better life. Come and help your queen and country. Mm -hmm. Come to England and help us. And, you know, you'll have a much better life Mm -hmm. to raise your your kids, whatever. And black Mm -hmm. people came in droves and then they got there and discovered the whole thing (laughs) was was bullshit. Right.
0: (laughs) Um, I actually love... uh Nigerian culture. Right. Um, I feel like uh, Fela Kuti and oh, yeah. the music, the Afrobeat oh, yeah. music, got me to really love Nigerian culture. And I named my son Amani Fela. Oh wow! Shout out to Amani Fela. Um, you know I've been to Lagos a couple of times, filmed videos out there. Um, talk to me a little bit about the range in stereotypes because some people, all stereotypes are bad. Mm-hmm. It yeah. doesn't like even if you say all black men have big penises, that's a bad stereotype. You yeah, know? it's based on, you know, sexualizing yeah, sexualizing yeah. the black man and, and animalizing him. That's exactly Maybe. right. You know, that's what it's based that's on. That's exactly right. So the, the Nigerians enjoy a wide range of stereotypes, <laughs> right? From everyone is rich. Yeah. And, you know, especially when you're in America, uh, you have a lot of Nigerian families who uh, in order to have their children come here and, you know, they work hard and they make a lot of money and, and so people assume every, every time they see Nigerian, they think everybody's Nigerian and then you have this, the stereotype of the email scammers. Yes. Right? Yes. Talk to me about the sort of, uh, you know, just break down some of these stereotypes. Well, the Nigerian
2: stereotype of everybody being rich, the, the thing is... Uh, to get out of Nigeria mm-hmm. and just to get into America, mm-hmm. you have to have a certain stature mm-hmm. in Nigeria because right. it costs money.
0: Yeah. It costs and it's money. one of the poorest places in the world when you go to yes. Lagos. Yeah. I've seen, yeah. I'm from New York City and I thought growing up in New York City, you feel like you know cities. And nah, nigga, not. <laughs> no, that's a fucking city. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's yeah. a vast metropolis yeah. and
2: you've got a small percentage of super rich Nigerians, mm-hmm. but a lot of us are living... In poverty there, mm-hmm. but it's, it's like any city in the world. Mm-hmm. You've got your haves and your have-nots. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, when, the, when you, Nigerians in America tend to be the highest performing and most successful mm-hmm. uh, immigrant community because the type of Nigerians that get out of Nigeria are usually coming from money because mm-hmm. <clears throat> it costs money to go and get your visa, grease those palms. Mm -hmm. that you have to Greece to get Mm -hmm. those visas. And then to to show a certain amount, America's not letting any Nigerian immigrants in unless you can prove that you're not going to be a drain on the system. So you have Mm -hmm. to have a certain, either a certain amount of money or a certain skill set that is coveted mm-hmm. in those countries before you can get out of Nigeria and get into those countries. Mm-hmm. So you tend to get more the not the cream of the crop, but the most affluent mm-hmm. and most educated of the Nigerians who tend to get out and come to different countries, go to England mm-hmm. to study or go to the, the anywhere else in Europe and go to America. And so that's where that stereotype comes from because you're seeing our most wealthy and affluent and highly educated Nigerians. Mm-hmm. 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 And and they are not representative of the entire country. I mean it's a great representative, I'm not knocking it. Right. But there
0: was a lot That's more exactly to us right. than that. There's We're more. diverse people. We yeah. can be we can be brilliant and beautiful and we can be stupid and ugly. We can exactly. be all those things. Exactly. Yeah. And then the same with the scammers, mm-hmm. you know.
2: We, every community has their criminal element mm-hmm. you know in America you got people that like to cut people up and wear their skin right? wait what <laughs> you know
0: we're we the kingdom of, um, of, of crazy serial killers and all that like yeah we got that on lock yeah shooting up schools, sh- guns shit like that you guys that are lock. number one in yeah. gun culture number one I just, number just didn't
1: one. hear we were learned for cutting up people and wearing their skin like, <laughs> wow. I that gun, was, that's I, what they I,
0: see us outside you need a oh, passport you know these things oh
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but that's what I'm saying every community has their criminals right and and as is, you know, we have a small percentage of people that are very good at scanning people. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, well, it's crime, right. yes.
0: Taking but you respect money from gullible a bit? Yeah, you said I, they I deserve it in, it in your stand-up. You said they <laughs> deserve it. <laughs> well, I'm saying, uh, if you're gullible enough <laughs> right.
2: to send your life savings mm-hmm. to somebody you've never met, mm-hmm. right, what they do is they play on your greed. Mm-hmm. That's oh, what they do, and They play on your greed. I mean, I've, it's so funny. I had a Nigerian try to scam me. Yeah. I had a Nigerian try to scam me many years ago. I was trying to sell a phone on eBay. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like 300 bucks. And I got this email. And this guy was like, listen, uh, I need this phone. I really want your phone. I'll give you $600 for it. Just send it to this address. Here's a money order, whatever. And they, that's what they do. They play to your greed. Mm-hmm. And I just emailed him back. And I was like, I don't know if you <clears throat> looked at the name on the, the whatever, <laughs> but that's a Nigerian name. Don't try it. <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: right,
2: right, right. Um, do you watch Nollywood films? You know what? I used to go <laughs> I go to Nigeria and I pick my mom, watches them all day long. Mm. I used to sit and watch them with my mom. I mean, it's a huge industry and it's hilarious, but some of them are just so can, funny. Can you bad break down, funny good funny, can bad you, funny for people
0: who have never seen uh, a Nollywood film or not even aware that there's this industry in Nigeria of these films, which I, the funniest one, I haven't sat through a whole one, but the funniest <laughs> one I've seen was this one, oh, there was one about, there was one about Drake and Meek Mill's beef. No Yeah, way. there's a Nollywood film <laughs> really? about, and there's a Nigerian I need to get that Drake I need to get that. versus oh my God. a Nigerian Meek Mill, and oh, then there's wow. a Nigerian Nicki Minaj in it wow. that's causing to, a beef between oh, them. Oh, I have to see that. Yeah. That sounds hilarious.
2: <laughs> I mean, there's a whole, we have our own... Stars. We have our own industry making Uh our own movies in Nigeria, and it's a huge industry. And um, it was based mainly on DVDs before, Mm because I used to go. That's right. I, you know. I'd go and I'd, I'd buy hundreds of DVDs and bring them back for my mum because mm-hmm. my mum will sit and watch those movies. Right. While, and she loves it. she will like, you know, watch, watch, watch. Right. She, she's going to do juju her, and then she will die. <laughs> and then she will raise up from the dead. And then she will die again. And then So my mum gets into all it's that like stuff. Right.
1: And we, yeah, and we've got that's a exactly huge... exactly right. Yeah, and that's, and
2: exactly that's what basically it what it is. It's a Nigerian version of that. And it's yeah. a huge industry. And, uh, you know, I've I've, I've harboured thoughts about trying to be a Nollywood movie. But... <laughs> This you should do and, one. and this look I don't even No you I, should I, do it. I one. went to Nigeria And I don't fit in with Nigerians Nigerians were looking at me like Nigerians never actually believe I'm Nigerian Funnily right. enough I've been like And they go So I meet Nigerians And I go Oh your name is You know Bola Oh Kenda okay, You're a twin You're, you're, you're about your they're like, yeah. How do you know this How do you know this And I'm like I'm Nigerian But you know I was born in England But right. my parents are Nigerian You're Nigerian. You're both of your parents Yeah <laughs> The two of them Yes The man and the woman Yes The mother and the You know They just never believe That I'm Nigerian, I have to prove it every time. Because obviously I was born and raised in England, Mm -hmm. so I haven't got the mannerisms. And then another problem with Nigerians and Africans in general giving birth to children outside uh, of their home country, they try to to get their children to assimilate and they then don't teach the children the language. Mm -hmm. And that was a mistake my mother made. She Mm. never taught us the language. We were very Nigerian in every other way. The food we ate, the clothes we ate, uh, we wore when we went to weddings and parties. Right, you know all of that. The beatings, very Nigerian. <laughs> beatings. It was all very Nigerian. But she never taught us that. language because right. she wanted us to be British. You know, <laughs> right. she wanted us to avail ourselves of all the opportunities that were available as a British person. So, and that is a mistake that a lot of Africans have made. Whereas Indian kids spoke their language at home and English at school. Greek kids, Cypriot kids, you know. Arabic, they all spoke their languages, Mm -hmm. but not so much Mm -hmm. because we were, you know, Nigeria was colonized by the UK and that colonial thinking is very much embedded in the older generations. The Queen of Country. Speaking
1: of your mom, and also my friend Chinadu, he doesn't know Nigerian either and he's clearly Nigerian. Yeah, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Chinadu. So so speaking of your mom, I heard a great line that your mom said when somebody told you that you could be an actor. What did she tell you?
2: Oh God, yeah. So uh, my mom, look, when you... When you're an immigrant and you have your kids in a different country, you want your children to get all the opportunities. And there's only a certain number of jobs. They pick the kind of vocations for their kids that they feel will provide the most stability, security, money. So in an African family, you've you've only got a few choices of job. Doctor, lawyer, accountant, engineer... Disgrace to the family. Those are the <laughs> So you know, as a young kid, I was very—I was a storyteller. I was a class clown. I was always trying to, you know, entertain people in mm-hmm. class because that was how I let off steam. Because my home life was so rigid and disciplined, so I'd come to school to let off steam. I'd be mm-hmm. like, ah! And so I was a bit of a performer. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, a, a drama teacher saying to me, "You know what? You—you you should be an actor. You should be." In entertainment, you're mm-hmm. that, you know, you've got something. And I remember she made the mistake of trying to tell my mom that at the parent-teacher <laughs> conference. You know, Gina should be. Uh-huh. And my mom was like, acting, act. I tell you what, she can act like a doctor when she becomes a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the end of that
0: discussion. Right,
1: <laughs> hilarious.
0: That's brilliant.
1: I asked my mom why she never tried to make any of us doctors. Like she didn't believe in us or something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, America's that whole... Do you have a dream? Live mm-hmm. the dream. You could be an individual. You can be whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, you can. But immigrants ain't got time for that. We don't right. have, we've come here to do, you know, with a work ethic, we come to succeed. We ain't got time for dreams. We need to get that paper
0: no and doubt. we need to build for our kids, you know, and right. that's how it is. Um, let's talk about comedy a little bit. Oh, yeah. And the difference, differences between uh, traditional British humor and American humor. And I'm... Um, did you watch Benny Hill growing up? I did. I All watched, of us did. Everybody yeah, did. To, right? Yeah, it was a massive show. Um, you've never seen Benny Hill?
1: Why well, you gotta... know uh, I've never seen Benny Hill. Well, I can't,
0: I can't <laughs> blame she's you. Younger, she's younger than... Yeah, again. I
2: can't blame you. It was a show that was on in the... Eight I mean, I think he show ran from the 70s and 80s. It ran forever, right? Oh, yeah. It was very slapsticky. slapsticky. Mm-hmm. It was, and if you look back at the sketches,
0: it was very sexist. Very sexist. Very he was just, just grabbing thing. on women. Oh, just grabbing arms, just, just, just grabbing, tips. grabbing just, that's, just that was, that's exactly grabbing what the humor was. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, was an old British dude, Oh, and you doing are you doing an impression of an old British dude trying to pick up a young woman <laughs> in one of these specials as well. That seemed like some Benny Hill shit. <laughs> the so yes. like, oh, I want laugh. Come on,
2: come on, what? Come on, go Ah, you right. lesbian. If you don't want it, you don't want this. I fucking have it. You know? <laughs> yeah. And that's, that was the attitude. Right. And that this was says, the attitude yeah. on television. That's, you know, it was a different time. Mm-hmm. That comedy would never pass right. today. But at the time it was slapsticky and everybody laughed at it. Right. You know, uh, racist uh, comedy on TV was mm-hmm. a thing that everybody laughed at. Mm-hmm. I remember my mum laughing at a comedian called Jim Davison, who mm-hmm. was big mm-hmm. on television in the UK in the sort of 70s and 80s. And he came from that old working man's club mm-hmm. comedy scene. So there was a working man's club where it was all white comics and did jokes to only white people. And mm-hmm. he was very racist. Mm-hmm. They do jokes about wogs, which is what they call black people. Oh. Wogs and coons and packies, which is what they call South Asian people. And they got away with that. And this guy came out of that scene and made it massive on television. Mm-hmm. And uh, he never used those words, but he used to do a character that he called Chalky. Mm-hmm. Chalky as in chalk on about, but it was a Jamaican character. So he'd come on TV and go, Oh yeah, my mate chalky. Oh well, I say in blackface as well. Yeah, it was oh fair. He didn't God. do it in blackface, but it literally it was, was fair. Yeah. He'd do this black Jamaican. And it was a terrible but everybody laughed it. Everybody loved it. And even my mum used to laugh it. And even as a child, I'd sit there going, Something's not right. There's something not right about this. Mm-hmm. Because then I'd go to school. Right, and then the white kids go <laughs> <There's> the <consequences. laughs> talking, you know
0: right.
2: and so but that was what television comedy was like mm. in England because that was the time the television as is still today still right. ruled by white middle class men mm. and that was what they thought was funny that's uh, right you know times are changing but not fast enough
0: in my mm-hmm. book now what about when Eddie Murphy and he's not the only one to do this but certainly this is the most famous routine when he does umfufu
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it was just based on these. <laughs> oh, you know, it
0: just—it was cringeworthy
2: yeah. to me as an African kid. Mm-hmm. It was cringeworthy because kids would make up names. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that your name? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and that just exacerbated it for me. Right. And, and and as a kid, an African kid at school, then those jokes would then be replayed mm-hmm. at my expense. Mm.
1: It's crazy. You don't realize it because it's like now that I'm here and I'm like, wow, yeah, that probably isn't something that we should be laughing at. I mean,
0: I mean, with all due respect and we have two comedians here and I'm a fan of comedy. But all due respect to the great legendary Eddie Murphy. Crib. All due respect. There is a conversation to be had around Raw. You know what mm, I'm saying? And I don't know God. where everybody f- falls on that. And I don't think this is the time to have that conversation. But I mean, is, look, it was a, fa- it's a, it's a wonderful the special. the thing. The, the umfufu thing is not the only thing you can go no, back yeah, and no, like, no, oh, it, s- it was a wonderful special. <laughs> yeah.
2: For its time. Yeah. For its time. It was a wonderful special. You have to look special. at it in that lens. Yeah. It opened up the door for black comedy mm-hmm. and the Absolutely. fact that a black guy could become a megastar mm-hmm. and sell out a movie, so a call movie, a standout comedy It was amazing. And, I still look at it that way. It's right. still an amazing special mm-hmm. and I never take it. But obviously when you look at it, it was full of homophobia and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. You know, you open it with faggots. You know, you, right. you can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. But it was a wonderful special of its time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he wouldn't do that same special right. now. Ab- absolutely. Yeah, and you have to, you have, yeah, you have to box it. That was what was in at the time. And that's what everybody was laughing at. I watched that special and laughed. Yeah. And I'm LGB, I'm gay I'm black, I'm an African. I still mm-hmm. laughed at those jokes. Mm-hmm. You know, because that was funny at the time. Right. And, you know, you gotta be able to laugh at yourself. That's right. But yeah, some of the stuff you wouldn't laugh at now because it was it was punching down. Right. right.
1: What do you guys feel about it being on Netflix now, though? Because I I watched it, I mean, on Netflix and I laughed at it. And I did feel bad for laughing now, because I once you know better, you're supposed to do better. But it's like, do you feel like it still should be on Netflix as people need to see that? Brilliant art of work Or should it not be on there At all Because it's just so hurtful To so many people these movies? That's a great question
2: You know it's, That's a hard one Because it was such A wonderful special And it's so And look We can see how comedy Has moved on mm-hmm. So I don't think We should bury The achievements Yeah Of I, black I sh- artists Just because You know There's yeah. so You know D- Disney's got a whole load of Jungle book I mean Everything yeah. If you watch some of what? the start, The original cuts Of these movies mm-hmm. You're like
0: Yeah yeah, the Netflix thing for me, that's a hard question because I I, I view it from two very distinct lenses that don't yeah. always yeah. Uh, intersect. It's a hard one. And one is a social justice activist lens, right? Mm-hmm. Where in my social justice activist mind, I'm like, no a company like Netflix, you, like you grow up, you shouldn't provide a platform for that type of stuff. But me as an artist, mm-hmm. as a working artist, as an entertainer, and as someone as a, who... who I have a, uh, a a reverence for. Com- I love comedy. I love the art of it. I understand what raw means historically for comedy. Mm-hmm, yeah. So me, as someone who's an artist who understands comedy, who understands the place of that special in comedic history. And I'm like, it ha- has to be. We have to have access to it. I mean, if you want it, you could put a warning up saying this is a special. <laughs> might they be
2: triggering. Contains, contains misogyny and homophobia. Mm-hmm. Watch at your own you know, right. discretion. And, it, and it, then it, it the-
0: ages better than, because I don't see them putting up old Andrew Dice Clay specials. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's still respected very much in a comedy space. Yeah. Um, because I think comics recognize that whether you agree with his jokes or not, he was sort of doing a character and doing a bit. But- it, his stuff doesn't age the way that Eddie Murphy stuff. Does. Yeah, yeah, you know?
1: still quote. I mean, the ice cream joke. It's like still well, that's one of what my I'm favorites. saying. You know, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I mean, the ice cream one, the 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 the, uh, the McDonald's hamburger one. There's stuff in there that is 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 good, clean, and wholesome. But Eddie Eddie. Flipped it when he on the SNL thing when he said like who would have thought that I would have been the guy doing family comedies <laughs> and Bill Cosby <laughs> you would be in jail. You know what <laughs> saying? Shout out to Eddie Murphy. Yeah,
1: <laughs> right. Because you don't even well, I didn't know about Raw until I was an adult and went back and watched it. I knew oh. Eddie Murphy from family comedies. Dr. I who watched it as stuff. a child. Listen, I, I th- must
0: have been the age that Bud from Cosby Show, who was in Raw, right? The age he was in that movie doing the the. Uh, Up the tree jokes. That's the age I was when I saw that movie. Oh, it was massive in England. That scene resonated with me because I felt like... I remember watching that scene like, they let that little kid say that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, with all them people, all them adults in the room. And they, Because I was the kid's age. I was like, no, kids can't say that. And those jokes... When I remember being in junior high school, and we used to just... In junior high school, we used to say them jokes every day to each other. We used to repeat that Mm -hmm. special to each other. Yeah, I mean, some of the comedy was lost on us because we were in England and we are like... Mm -hmm. But we got
2: most of it—the mm-hmm. ice cream stuff, you know—the faggot stuff. We didn't have that word in England. That is ain't no very, McDonald's hamburger. That's a,
0: yeah, and
2: and our burgers were different. Right, <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's was not the same as your McDonald's. Wait, right, y'all had Because when I first came, we had
0: McDonald's. No, but y'all got the fried apple pie still. Yeah, we don't got that no more. S-
2: yeah, when I first came to America, mm-hmm. like came to New York in I say 1990, mm-hmm. and I had that McDonald's. Baked apple pie It's
1: so good
0: <laughs> No but you You've never had the fried one
1: I went back I, I don't
0: think it's I have no. you never had the fried one uh, It used to be the fried one And then America got woke And then we did the, the baked one But in England You can still get the fried one <laughs> Yeah I, listen, I, don't, I don't be going to McDonald's Obviously yeah. you do I used to Yeah I'm, I've evolved in my I life I mean I read
2: uh, Fast Food Nation And that was the end of McDonald's for me. Yeah that, But Yeah I read that too That vacation mm-hmm. We I must have eaten about 80 of those apple wow. pies We used to just try we travel just to eat to get those because we just did have them in England. It was right. just everything was different, right?
0: Um, now speaking of English comedy and black co- comics and comedians coming to England, uh, Lenny Henry, you won a Lenny Henry show, I did. And um, I've never seen the show, I never right. heard of the show until right. I researched you. Right. I'm sure it's huge, it sounds huge. And the impact of Lenny Henry, from what I was able to research, sounds huge. Yes, um, he made a comment later in his career, uh about feeling like England was hemorrhaging talent to the United States in terms of actors. Indeed. Now, Sam Jackson, on this legendary actor, made a similar comment uh, talking about he feels like actors are losing out jobs to British actors. Mm-hmm. Where do you stand on this?
2: I stand on the fact that if there was... S- if it wasn't so limited the amount of work that Black actors are getting we wouldn't be having this the discussion.
1: Amen.
2: You know, right. Right. we wouldn't be fighting over crumbs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If if we were getting the same opportunities and the same breadth of characters to, to play mm-hmm. as white actors we wouldn't be fighting over this. As far as I'm concerned uh, us black actors, we need to stick together. Black performers, we need to stick together. We're all African, as, uh, really. Mm-hmm. We're all, wherever we come from the Caribbean or, or we're Africans, that were born in England, mm. Africans born in America, it doesn't matter. It's, for me, the best actors should get the role. Now, I understand his argument, but when you look at it, African-American uh, actors have been playing our African uh, people for years. Yeah. How many African-American uh, actors have played Mandela? All of them. Mm. Exactly!
1: <laughs> Larry
2: Fishburne played
0: him. Exactly. Morgan Freeman. Morgan, played him. everybody.
1: stop making Mandela movies. And, 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 and we
0: never complained. I we think never. Matt Damon played him in one movie. <laughs> that's a good actor, Matt
2: Damon. <laughs> but that's the thing. We, as Africans, we never complained about it. Mm-hmm. We, you know, even when the accents were off, even when the it was mm-hmm. it was off, we just were happy. I mean, it. coming to America,
0: how many Africans was in that movie? Exactly. <laughs> but we never complained. Right.
2: We were like, look. Yeah, talking about us, at least we're out, we're right. in the discussion, at least we're, right. you know, and at least the so eye sure, we'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's so true. And that's, that's the, what we But need now to- it's
2: the tables are turned. Right. And it's like, come on, right. we're, let's share the work. Whoever's best to play the role, as long as they do it justice and they do a good job, who cares? Why are we fighting over these crimes? Mm-hmm. What we need to be doing is fighting against the general mm-hmm. racism of the industry, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah.
1: That's crazy because that is what we need to be focused on. And that's the same thing kind of as you were talking about when you're working in the elevator and you and the other black guy were going against each other instead of tackling who's the problem because we shouldn't have to be fighting over crumbs. Exactly. Um, how would you describe yeah. British hum- TV humor versus America TV humor?
2: Yes, I mean, the market has opened up so much with streaming and, and uh, people taking more risk. But a lot of the comedy, the really good comedies that you've had on American TV have been copied from British shows. Oh. The Office. Like, Going way back even, yeah. what's the show, uh, The is it Red Fox? Back in the day, what was that show? Oh, Stanford Sanford and Son? Sanford and Son? That was a Sun? British show. I didn't know that.
1: Me neither. That was a
2: British show. It was a show called Stepford and Son.
1: Wow. And it
2: was two white characters. Mm.
1: Well, at and least
2: they we bought got sh- something. Yeah. And, they <laughs> the show- <Yeah. laughs> and they bought the show. Yeah. And they bought the show up. And then there was another one, show. I can't remember the name of the American version, but there was a show about a white guy who used to go off. A- he was a- kind of racist, and he'd go off, and he had a black neighbor. family. Right. That was also a British mm. show. Oh, wow. So a lot of your uh, comedies, that- your iconic American mm-hmm. shows, have actually been copied from British shows. Mm. Um, so we're-, we're kind of ahead of the game in the humor in that way. Right. In that way. But... It's so funny because as a comedian starting out in the mid-90s, I felt like there was more work in the UK for black actors in the 70s Mm. than there was in the 90s and and now. Mm. uh, Because they had a lot of race-based sitcoms in the 70s on UK TV. So you'd have the black neighbour, the you know, live next door to the white neighbour. There was a show called Love Thy Neighbour. And then when you watch it, it's... Immensely racist Right But black actors were working mm. You know They were working right. And working a lot And you know I don't know whether They got equal pay To the white actors But they were We had a whole generation Of black stars mm. From the 70s Which kind of fell off In the 90s mm.
0: wow. I used to watch a show I I, I want to say It was called The Desmond Family Oh Desmond Oh the yeah Desmond's, That was a big black sitcom That was like in the 80s Right Yeah That was in the 80s I used to watch days. that It was like on some channel Random. Yeah, some random. But I remember it's like a, it was a Jamaican family. Yeah, it was a huge sitcom. Mm. But uh, the the British
2: industry has this, I call it the nightclub policy. There one in, a, one out. was
0: an actor on it who was a young man who the first time I saw him was in Guy Ritchie's first film. Robbie G, probably. Yeah, a dark-skinned mm. bullhead. Yeah, Robbie G, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I yeah. used to like that show. Yeah, he's an actor. Because comedian. me coming from Brooklyn and uh, uh, large Caribbean community, that show felt like very, very familiar to me, even with yeah. the London accents. Exactly.
2: Yeah. But, you know, they had a nightclub policy, one in, one out. You right. never got lots of, it was Desmond's. Mm-hmm. And then it was over. That's still now. And then, you know, it was a struggle as a mm-hmm. black performer to mm-hmm. get on TV. And when you got on TV, you were always the token on mm-hmm. other people's shows. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, You've got a million white guys on TV. One white guy fails. like, oh, let's try him in this. No, mm-hmm. that didn't work for him. Oh, well, let's try this with him. Right. But, but with us, it was like, oh, that, that show didn't work. Mm-hmm. See, black comedy doesn't work. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, that was how we'll always right. just It was very hard as a black act to get right. your foothold in right. the door. And that's why a lot of black actors and black comics are leaving and they're, coming to the America. I mean, I'm and not that. saying it's, I'm not saying it's any less racist. Right, <laughs> the glass ceiling is just higher. It's just higher. It's Do you know what I'm saying? When, when I know. hit the glass ceiling in England, I mean, because I was I'm pretty well known in England. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm one of the biggest. You're Selling our houses. Yeah, I'm yeah. you know I'm one of the yeah. biggest yeah. comics in the UK. Yeah, and definitely one of the top black comic. You know, me and Lenny. absolutely, and a few others. Yeah. Um, but I hit that glass ceiling. Mm. So. I come to America. Glass ceilings a lot higher. At least mm-hmm. when I hit it, I'll be a multi-millionaire. I won't be crying so That's right. Hard. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's right.
1: <laughs> you know, it's another show that started over there. Shameless, one of my favorite shows that yep. started over that there. That was a UK show. Oh, I amazing. love Shameless too. Yeah, it's ending too.
0: Shameless and Shameless has been on for like seventy years now.
2: Well, they ran it way past the British show. Yeah.
0: Uh, they, to they, office. they. Yeah, they
2: They, you, you got
0: some I love those first two seasons of the Office. Yeah. Um. I, I, I watched them over and over again mm-hmm. before they it got picked up by NBC. Right, right, So when right. it got picked up by NBC, I was like, I'm not watching that. <laughs> Fuck that show. And then I, about four seasons went by, and they won some Emmys, and people started talking about it, and I went back, and when I went back, I fell in love with it, it became one of my favorite shows. Right, right, right. Um, let's talk a little bit about the British press. Okay. Oh. Um, this is something I saw, <laughs> I saw a, a, um, a tweet recently and it was like a guy, a British guy, uh, a right wing guy. Who's, who, who's the right wing guys? Is that the, the Tories? Everybody. Yeah. The okay. conservatives. The conservatives, right?
2: Well, I call them the
0: conservatives, The whatever, conservatives. the Tories. Right. Yeah. The Tories. <laughs> he, this guy was like, he was in Greggs, right? And he's, he's tweeting from Greggs. Oh, is he? Yeah. Who and he that? was like. Who was that? This this is a random guy. This is okay. a random guy. And he was talking about. This vegan sausage rolls that they sell at Greg's. (laughs) And he was very upset at these vegan sausage rolls. (laughs) And he was like, these fucking vegan sausage, whatever the equivalent of fucking is in in his... Fucking.
1: Fucking, (laughs) okay. I just want to say, it's so hard for me not to do my (laughs) acting. please don't. I'm not doing it. I'm just just working really hard. No, 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 no. But she has a whole character
0: that she does. (laughs) And we had Estelle here, and Estelle was telling her she can't be doing. It. Well, <laughs> yeah.
1: I've been discouraged from doing it. Yeah, I, I think I saw that. Yeah. yeah. It. <laughs> but,
0: but this guy was—he was what, was. what was fascinating about this tweet is he connected vegan sausage rolls to terrorism what? to Blexit, right? And he was and. To Brexit, excuse me, I'm confusing y'all with Candace Owens. Um, To Brexit, and he was very upset about, and and to Meghan Markle, he he connected all of them somehow because she. I saw a headline. We were talking back upstairs where you know the way they treated Kate Middleton is very different than the Mm -hmm. way they treated Meghan, and they would have a. There was a headline that said uh, connecting her liking avocado Mm -hmm. to her uh, depleting the rainforest. And Kate Middleton liking avocado too. Oh, she see you know she needs those omegas for the baby. baby. Right, it's
2: so wonderful. Right, the treatment of Megan has just been disgusting. I mean, from the day that she came out on Harry's arm. Mm-hmm. Black people knew this was going to be a problem. We were like, mm-hmm. we're happy. We're like, oh, well, they're going to mix up the royal family. This will be good. Right, right, right. Not that she's the first black person in the royal family. She is far from it. That's right. Queen Victoria's grandmother was mixed race. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about that. But it was. I was like, great, but, you know, she's going to get it. Right. I mean... Look at the headlines that came out in the UK press when she first came out. They were, she's black, she's from Los Angeles. Therefore, she is from Compton. That was a headline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Megan yes. is almost straight out of Compton. That was an actual headline wow. Wow. in a British newspaper. Mm. And you're telling me, that this coverage has nothing to do with her race mm-hmm. Then there was another headline about her exotic DNA mm-hmm. There was another headline about Oh, from, from picking cotton to the royal house wow. You know, all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. And it was just, the coverage was just offensive, but we were not surprised by it. We're not surprised by it. And then when she, she, you know, when they got married, it just got worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, they were trying to pit her and Kate Middleton, who's William's wife, against each other in the papers. Oh, she's so pushy. Uh, one uh, TV uh, host in the UK used the word uppity. Uppity! Mm. Mm. This is on the on, te- on the right. British television You should know the connotations of that word When the baby was born Another celebrated radio and TV host Put up a picture of a white couple Holding a chimpanzee Wow Mm. And then tried to claim it was nothing to do with their race. Mm-hmm. It was just that the whole royal media circus. And I was like, when well, I think oh, circus, I think clowns. A, I, I gotta elephant. sorry, I kind of
0: have respect for that reach. I'm, <laughs> I, that I didn't expect that one to go there. Oh, because it's, it's monkeys, because it's a circus. No. Yeah. Ha! I
2: remember that headline. What the fuck? Yeah, so <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And, and then now that they've taken a step back, all the media is like, how dare they? Mm-hmm. How dare this mm-hmm. foreigner. Leave England, which is what we want anyway. How Mm -hmm. dare they? (laughs) And I was like... Look at all the head. Look how you've treated this woman, how mm-hmm. you vilified this woman. Mm-hmm. Of course she's... They were complaining that she got up too early in the morning. There was one complaint. She gets up at 6 a.m. <laughs> firing emails to her staff. Right. What wow. a pushy, arrogant woman. And I'm like, right. really? If she'd been getting up at midday, what mm-hmm. would those headlines have been then? Right. I
0: don't she'd know, have been you. a lazy She's
2: lazy. Running Z. Yeah, she's, lazy she's running blah, on blah, CP what? time. Right. in the. Well, the well exactly. Capitol.
0: She can't... She just couldn't win. Somebody who was very instrumental in pushing some of this negativity and vitriol, uh, was Pierce Morgan. Penis Morgan. Penis, Penis Morgan. Morgan. <laughs> um he's been doing this type of thing for a minute, he's like you know, he's like a gossip monger. He's a troll. Yeah, he's been it's, trolling it's for a minute. Pure and simple.
2: You he got into it troll. with him online, right? I got into it with him a mm-hmm. couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was an interview that Megan did where she was talking about how hard she'd found it to adjust to the British press. Mm-hmm. press because her friends had warned her. Mm-hmm. You marry into the royal family, the UK. This is the UK press is the most insidious racist classes they're going to destroy your life. Mm -hmm. And then she did this interview and she was talking about how difficult she'd found it. And Penis Morgan did this whole tweet. (laughs) Um, Boo-hoo. Right. And then I tweeted back saying, go fuck yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, constant vitriolic abuse, which is disguised as criticism. You cannot tell me this is this is racist. This isn't racism. That's right. You cannot tell me that, and right. you should know better. And you're bullying. Mm-hmm. You use your seven million followers, and you're constantly mm-hmm. haranguing her. Mm-hmm. And you're saying this is, you know, you're. And then he came back with, "This is ridiculous. This has got nothing to do with their race." And then the same thing again mm-hmm. when they decided to step back from their duties. He wrote this whole piece about these ungrateful blah blah blah. And wow. then I got into it again with him on Twitter. I'm just like. You know it, This right. racism is bound To break somebody's spirit You
0: and me get into it With the same people On Twitter also. Oh god <laughs> We were supposed to talk About oh, we're not, that We're not going to talk about <laughs> I'm not going to talk about I'm talking about Pierce Morgan That's what okay. I'm talking about You oh, can okay. talk about Pierce Morgan right Yeah <laughs> We, we, could, we well, can talk about that, everybody else What
1: was the other later. thing uh, oh, oh, We'll talk about that later
0: Well we're
2: going to talk About the show anyway So yes, we're, we're going to we'll, bring that up We will cover but, but it anyway. we, yeah, We'll we cover to, it We don't have to give anybody Any extra I'm trying to starve people I'm trying to starve people Of oxygen That's what you've got to do On Twitter When they start trolling you, Mm -hmm. I make up, at first I, you know, sometimes it's sport to me. I'll Uh go in there and go, yeah, yeah. But then I go, and then I'm thinking, I'm giving these people oxygen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do the exact opposite. Yeah, but I'm (laughs) responding to them I'm bringing I'm shining light on them And my right. followers And then I'm like Why am I giving these people air
0: No And then I yeah. just I cut them off See my f- my philosophy off. is always And I respect that Because t- t- some people Could be triggered And sometimes yeah. you don't have the time And I respect it But my philosophy Being that I'm privileged enough To have the time to
1: do it, <laughs> He always has the time Yeah
0: it Is that I shame the devil all the time My philosophy is like Hey everybody Look at them <laughs> <laughs> But anyway Pierce Morgan um, It's funny Because A lot of his tiffs Online Or him explaining why he's not racist because of some things he said. My my thing with him was he um was very upset because he wanted to say nigger really badly, Mm -hmm. you know. And this is a thing with sometimes with white people and the n word. Um, is that you know they somebody like a Pierce Morgan, his thing is like look. I'm here in pop culture. Um, I hear it in the rap songs, I hear black people calling each other nigga all the time. Why can't I say it? I really wanna say it bad. Now I'm paraphrasing it and this is my interpretation of his argument, but I feel like it's a fair interpretation. I feel <laughs> like so Yeah, nice. when, when I when I when I say that, I have to frame it in that way because I don't think someone like Piers Morgan understands that that's the argument he's making. Mm. Uh, but I wrote an essay called uh, Nigga Please. <laughs> right? As you can find it on Medium. And, I want to see that. Yeah, it's about, <laughs> I want to read that. I yeah, I wanna it's read about that. Pierce Morgan and his going
2: Yeah, these people don't understand. It's all about context. Mm. Yeah. It's all about the oppressed taking a word that is used mm-hmm. to oppress them and flipping it. Mm-hmm. It's for us. Mm-hmm. It's about, you know, it, it's how it's used and it's used. I mean, I'm from England. We never use that word. Mm. Now, the younger generation in England because mm-hmm. you've got all the new rappers the storm users, the skeptics globalism they, they, everybody they, says nigger now yeah uh-huh. they're now but <laughs> my generation right. we never used it and you know I used to do a joke about it that in England if I heard the word nigger I knew that I could punch somebody in the throat right because yes, throat. it was It was. Yes, that's just a license because it was I knew I was being denigrated so mm-hmm. I heard nigger oh great you said nigger great right. I have license to
0: knock you out and see this is what it goes like my generation we use it yeah and my son's generation, my children's generation, the white kids use it,
1: and it's just disgusting. <laughs> it's
2: it, you know, and that's because they all you know we're a melting pot, you mm-hmm. know, and you know, and rap music has helped mm-hmm. to spread that narrative because mm-hmm. they will the music, you know, you can't sing a song. You're gonna know, you try and edit yourself while you're rapping mm-hmm. the song, you know, you and can, I can though. understand that, but
0: they got to educate themselves. Yeah, why yeah. do we, why do we have to keep educating yeah, you on what? Go and study, read a book. Being a non racist is work. Yeah, and people just don't are generally generally don't want to do work. You know. Yeah, I'm tired about talking about it. I'm just tired of
2: talking about it. I can't help. I have to. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's tiring. Mm-hmm. Constantly trying to explain to it, and then they go, "You're a racist," and then that's the "You're a racist." <laughs> so I'm like, oh, so by bringing up racism, that makes me a racist. Because I said the words white and
0: people were right. sentence, I'm right. now a racist. Racism is, is not logical. Ugh. And so people try to apply rules of logic to racism. And they'd be like, well, how could I be racist? I like black Comedy, or I have a black wife or I like hip hop it's mm. like you're assuming that racism is a logical thing to do that a racist would be like I have this illogical thought process where I think white people is superior but with every other aspect of my life I make completely logical decisions that's ridiculous Andrew Jackson was a racist they still you know right. people owned slaves and
2: had sex with those slaves mm. that's not logical that's not logical <laughs> that doesn't mean they're not racist just right. because they right. bed with black it's just the whole thing is just ridiculous.
1: It's crazy because you were talking about how the newer generation and they're saying, nigger and they're saying that they can't edit themselves from a song. If I'm if I'm rapping a song in front of my mom or my grandma and I'm young, I'm not gonna say the curse words. I'm gonna <laughs> say, you know, and go on about your business. That's the it's it's so easy to say that way in the club. And I think we talked about before about whether or not rappers should stop saying it as much because, you know, they're giving. People clock back. Well, I can't say the fucking word. Damn it. They're giving people excuses to say it. And mm-hmm. it's crazy because as rap gets more and more popular, then people are feeling like, oh, I can say yeah, this I all I mean, I, no, I don't, I don't mean, think We've got to take excuse.
2: responsibility
0: for the the misogyny in rap. We've got to take
2: responsibility yeah, I think, for that.
0: I,
1: I don't the, think, yeah. I, I, think,
0: I think misogyny... Dealing with the rap uh, 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 showcases rape culture. Yeah, sometimes in positive ways. The homophobia. Rap, yeah, all, all of that. it's in there. Um, we have to, but to me, we have to take responsibility as a, as a community. I think when we talk about punching down, for me, and I, I, again, I'm biased because I'm an artist. I think it's punching down to so, to put that on the artist as if the artists are the community community leaders. We do have a privilege. We do have a responsibility. But I think it it comes with the amount you know. Mm -hmm. A lot of rappers are little kids themselves. You start Mm -hmm. out rapping when you're 16 years old. I'm not going to expect you to, like, be Martin Luther King and know how to, you know
2: what I'm saying? And at the the end of the day, as an artist, not everybody wants to be a role model. You Mm -hmm. just want to be yourself and do what you want to do. I don't think that everybody should, you know, be constantly, you need different types of music. As as in general white music, there Mm -hmm. are different types of artists. Mm -hmm. And you pick, but... It is a problem within the rap community that there's a lot of that going on, and they're giving excuses yeah. to people to you
0: to, to do that. Like you, I like the point you were making about things that you can't say in front of your parents. My daughter is a rapper now, all oh, right, and she's a rapper on Instagram as oh, well. Wow. So <laughs> sometimes you know I've gotten to know her music through her Instagram page because she don't play me every song <laughs> <laughs> because your dad. That's right, and I, I sometimes I see her doing things and I hear her doing things, and you know she's of age now, so it's not like I could be like, "Yo, you're not allowed to do that," you know. But I'm like, "Whoa, what are you?" But what it's you funny. About but, yeah she she did a, a made a film recently and a film where she took all her friends on a hiking trip they all contributed money they all went hiking and she's filming she has somebody filming her and the guy asked He said uh uh why did you uh make this trip happen diani and she was like she looks in the camera she goes she's showing me her film on her laptop she goes to get all my motherfucking niggas out the motherfucking hood. fuck oh Right? And then she looks at me and she goes, Dad, I am so sorry <laughs> for cursing like that. And I'm like, no, babe, no, no, no. But what she said. I said, I said, this is a lesson. This is a teachable moment. Mm-hmm. Don't, in public, don't say or do things that you wouldn't say or do in front of your parents. Mm-hmm. Now you have to really think hard about. Would you would you say that In front of your parents Well now you're at the age Where you have to decide Whether or not you're going to say I'm getting my motherfucking niggas Out the motherfucking hood In front of my parents And you know what I applaud you For getting your motherfucking niggas Out the motherfucking hood <laughs> Because that's, that's what Exactly what the fuck You should be doing yeah. And that's how I
2: judge my comedy This is how you know As a comedian If your material is racist or not If you're talking about A specific group of people mm-hmm. If you feel uncomfortable doing that material in a room mm-hmm. full of those people, mm. That's it. your shit is racist. That's it. Oh, yeah. That's you know, it. you got all these white comments going, oh, yeah, I'm edgy. I can say, nigga, why not? Because everybody else is saying it. That's it. Go to fucking Compton mm-hmm. and go to a black room mm-hmm. and stand up in front of that, that room full of black people and do your jokes. That's mm-hmm. right. If you get out of there alive, that's a great then your shit is fine. And that's how <laughs> and that's how I judge my comedy. I talk right. about everybody in my comedy, yeah. but I'm also self-depreciating. I talk about mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference between these white comics and the, and the, and the black comics. You know, I will talk about myself on my own shortcomings. Mm-hmm. But then I'll talk about, the. I've been to China. I will talk about Chinese people. And from, from what I've seen when I've been to China And I will talk about it from a place of experience And I've done those jokes in China In front of Chinese people mm-hmm. And that's how I know whether my stuff rises right. or not You know, I would never do a joke about a group of people Unless I've tested it with them first That's right. And so that's what ev- If everybody goes through their life doing that Then maybe
1: <laughs> the world will be a I much help. better oh. place I hope all you white comedians that are using your comedy. Look at her looking direct- directly directly at, at the camera. Oh, uh, look yeah, Because yeah. they're using their comedy yeah. and they're they're you being racist but saying it's comedy. Do what you just heard because that's, right. that's that that'll make me feel a lot better.
2: Yeah. You know, they can do it in front of their trendy white audiences yeah. to think they're being edgy. That's right.
1: No. Do that in front of me. That's right. Mm-hmm. I'll tell
2: you whether your shit works or not. Do you know <laughs> right. what I mean? They're, right. They're doing it in, in their little Cushion spaces. Right. where away from the danger of actually saying that to the faces mm. of the people they're denigrating.
0: And so they're cowards mm. to me. I agree. I agree. Um, now, one thing you said that I thought was hilarious was you said as a Brit, you used to laugh at American politics uh, until Brexit proved <laughs> that the UK was no better. Um, can you give us the black, obviously you don't represent all black British people, but speak to us about how Brexit, how the black community felt generally about Brexit. Generally, i to say I mean, look, it's
2: it's a hard one because mm-hmm. there are some black people that may have voted.
0: Right, absolutely. For it. But only because I mean, there has to be a British Candace Owens, she started Brexit. It has yeah. And Diamond be. and Silk, there's a British <laughs> version, I'm sure. We were we were fed misinformation.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're not taking the time, mm-hmm. To look behind that information and do your own research, you're gonna vote based on that. And the whole Brexit phase, but the whole Brexit thing was was not based on European economics, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was based on xenophobia,
0: mm-hmm.
2: racism. We want to keep what's says, get mm-hmm. you know, get those in and other rising people. And that's what it was based on, and that's what people voted on. So most black people knew mm-hmm. what was happening. Because you could see by the headlines where they were going. Mm-hmm. You know these migrants, migrants, migrants. My, every
0: headline was that. Right. So and America is making yeah. America great again and build yeah. a wall. And, and, you know it's yeah.
2: all a sort of a, you know. A, but at the end of the day, it's, it's funny when Trump came in, I was almost happy. Oh mm. no! I tell you why. <laughs> I tell you why. Okay. When Obama was president, everybody sat on their lows. We got a black president. Racism is over. Oh, yeah. We are now a post-racial society. Stop banging on about racism. Shut the fuck up. we got a
0: black president. Mm -hmm. It's all over. People ask me what I was going to rap about. Yeah. Now that racism is over. Like, interviewers (laughs) would ask me that. But that's it. So Obama's president.
2: And even though the horrendous abuse, I mean, I equate the treatment that Meghan mm-hmm. got in the royal family. They called what, him what, uppity what, too. Yeah. And with what yeah. Michelle... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was showing her right. arms and... got. It's the same thing. So... But they were like, oh, it's a post-racial society. You've got a black president. Stop complaining. Racism done. But, so everything... So black people... It was like the racism was bubbling under the sea, under the water. Mm-hmm. You could see it. You could see the racism. Black people could see it. White people couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. We could all see it still bubbling along mm-hmm. under the sur- mm-hmm. surface. So when Trump came in, it was like the tide pulled out. Mm-hmm. And everybody could see what black people have been talking about
0: mm-hmm. forever. So you see the ocean floor. Yeah, so we I can agree. see everything
2: All its shit All its dead fish All its rotten plastic bowls right. Everything It's all there right. For everybody to see So in a way It's horrible It's been terrible But It's a wake up It's a wake up call mm-hmm. I mean Look Even with all this impeachment stuff going on I'm still not sure that he ain't gonna get another term I'm
0: not either He has a good I shot positive
1: thought He's thought got a good side. shot he's not, he's not gonna get another term look, right? Let's not even speak We
2: that. live in Los Angeles, in New York, and San Francisco, which are pocketed, left-wing, mm-hmm. forward-thinking, woke-ish people, mm-hmm. the majority of America is not. Yeah, mm-hmm. the majority of America still believe that everything on Fox News is true. Mm-hmm. The majority of America still believe that everything that's being that they're being told in the newspapers is true. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, is those people. That are uh, pushing what the narrative is going to right. be. So I and would
0: not be surprised if he got in again. And even I'm if he it. loses, he could still win because he lost the election, the yeah. popular election last <laughs> <and stuff>. time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. Electoral College put him in, so yeah. he has a he does have a good shot. I mean, you know, the racists have been unleashed. Yeah.
2: You know th- these racists who were scared to say what they really thought in public and kept yeah. that
0: shit quiet. Mm-hmm. Now they've been like, ha ha. Yeah, Trump Our King has arrived. He um mm-hmm. and they call him King. They call him God. Yeah, Trump retweeted neo Nazis seventy five times on the campaign trail. No one reported on this because the the scuttlebutt at the time was he's going to lose. Mm-hmm. But then he won, and then they got in Charlottesville and they marched in publicly and said Jews will not replace us and blood and soil. And then they murdered a woman. And the next day he was like, oh, it was very fine people on both sides. Right. This is a this is a, a very beneficial relationship on both sides. Yeah, he has Stephen Miller in there. He got Steve Bannon in there. Well, Steve Bannon left, but he was in there. Um, but. Speaking of that type of racism, uh, you were on a show popular show called Mock of the Week Mock the Week yes and yes. you said if I was still in England I'd be the token blackface yes. on Mock of the Week yes. for people who don't know what Mock of the Week is because we don't hear tell us what that is and what did you mean by that statement so Mock of the Week is a panel show mm-hmm. it's a
2: panel show which is hosted by a comedian called Dara O'Brien and they have different comics come on every week mm-hmm. and you know make, it's called Mock the Week so you're mocking the Mock week, the week. Okay. so you're looking at the news of the week and, okay. and making jokes about what's been happening in popular culture in politics or whatever, and that's the basis of okay. the show. And uh, it was very white male dominated, it mm-hmm. was a lot of you know, it's England, a lot of white male comics get the most opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I was booked so when they were accused of being sexist and racist and not booking enough other comics,
0: mm-hmm.
2: the BBC used to come back. No, we, we booked Gina, we right. no, Gina's been wow. on the show 18 times, or whatever it was. It was, I, I was the most booked. Black comic and most book female comic, mm-hmm. but that's because I ticked so many boxes. They're like, we need, what, we need to make, we, we made, we need to sort of stave off these racism. Mm-hmm. You know, right, uh, you're like a two
1: threefer. Yeah, Imperative so you know, Asian, lesbian, lesbian, we've got a black woman, lesbian, fit parents.
2: and let's get her on. Yeah. and so I was. They were booking me for the show a lot, and I tend to find find myself when I lived in England as a comedian. Mm-hmm. That's I tend I tended to find myself in those situations a lot where I was the only black or the only woman or whatever on that show. So I was mm-hmm. filling these quotas. And I'm good at what I do. Let's not get it twisted. I'm fucking good at what I do. So they mm-hmm. got everything in that. Not only was I the diversity filled, I actually came and brought my own. Mm-hmm. So they bought me a lot. But then it got to a point was like, well, when am I going to get to host this show? Mm-hmm. When, when am I going to be the bride and not always the bridesmaid on these mm-hmm. white guy mm-hmm. shows? And so then I, I stopped doing the show. The okay. last couple of times I was on it, People were hitting me up on Facebook and Instagram, going, "You look like you don't want to be there." So, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Okay, it's starting to show." Yeah, <laughs> I, need to get- <laughs> I need to move. So on. I stopped, and you know, and then I, by that time, I was like, "You know, England, I'm never going to make it here. I'm never mm-hmm. going to make it here because I'm not. I haven't got that palatable look." Mm-hmm. You know, when they when they want to put forward black comics. In the UK, it's a very palatable. You have to be a certain look. You've got to be a certain demeanor. You've got to be not too threatening. Mm -hmm. And I was none of those things. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I was never going to get elevated to the Mm -hmm. status that I, you know, that was becoming of my talent and my experience. Mm Because there were guys that had come through with me that used to open for me and then went on to become stadium filling comics. And these were guys that opened for me. So I was like, this is... I need to get out. Right. i I'll either stay here and become a bitter, angry person being jealous of the newer comics coming through and getting opportunities. Or I take my skills elsewhere right. and, and take a risk and just go, you know, fuck it. I'm going to go. So, you know, I've been a fan of America since I was a kid. Right. I'd always wanted to live in America since childhood. I thought mm. you had, you guys had better candies than us, better toys, better bikes, not better chocolate though. Better ch—no, <laughs>
1: you <laughs> don't chocolate. like our chocolate. No, you don't have
2: chocolate. You have brown oil mixed chemical stuff. And that's <laughs> you not don't real like chocolate. a
1: Snickers bar. I've, but heard, the you, candies were I've heard
2: you
0: bashing American chocolate. Your yeah, chocolate, chocolate is disgusting.
2: <laughs> that's the only reason why I'm not three hundred pounds because I'm a huge fan of chocolate, but I don't eat American okay, chocolate, okay. and that's the only reason why I'm not fat. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'd always wanted to come to America. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? Let me go to America. You know, let me see if I can, you know, hold my own amongst all these amazing comics out in the States. Mm-hmm. You know, because we've been watching all your stuff. Right. We've been watching all the comics. You know, we used to get the the, the bootleg DVDs of Deaf Comedy Jam and
0: all that kind of stuff. So You were the first British comedian on Deaf Comedy the Jam. The only British the comedian own. on Deaf. The me. first
1: and only, people. Yeah. So you're a you're a lesbian comic, yes. whatever. Up until some months ago, I was a lesbian comic too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still in the family. I'm. Still we in hired the her
0: because she ticked all the boxes too, and then she <laughs> left the box and then off. She
1: flipped. And then I got a boyfriend. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but no, like I know when I first started comedy, like I was really, like, you know, stressed out at first. I'm like, oh, do I have to be the voice for all lesbians? And, Mm. you know, do I have to, you know, fight the good fight and make sure that my comedy is just, you know, pro everything? Like, did you feel that way? Or do you run your career that way? Oh,
2: yeah. When I first started out in comedy, I was firmly in the closet. Firmly. Oh, okay. Firmly. Um, I didn't look like this when I started out. (laughs) I had long, straight hair, and you know. Um, Because... I was not, you know, look, with a society at large, the LGBT community has not been fully accepted yet. Mm -hmm. And I'm black as well. And I'm African. And my my mother is very Christian. So, you know, because of the colonialism and the, Mm. the, you know. So all of that made me ashamed of who I was. So when I started doing comedy, I was like, there's no way I'm talking about this. Mm. And also starting comedy as a woman, And a black woman in a white male dominated industry. I've like, I've already got two things against me. Mm. I'm not going to add a third. Mm. So let me just, let me just get really good at this. And build up my name And then if later on I want to come out I come out And that's how I did it right. And that's how a lot of people Have done it mm-hmm. Wanda Sites didn't come out till later right. in her career Because it was just You know you had, We had enough Going against us mm-hmm. And so I was just like I concentrate In a way it helped me And in a way it hindered me mm-hmm. It helped me in a way In that I had to concentrate On doing I mean, I was still going out with guys at the time here and there. So it's like, I've, I did try the penis.
1: I did <laughs> partake in the penis.
2: But I had to try and do different material that wasn't about sleeping with men, right. dicks, all of that kind of stuff. Because I it would have been lying. Mm-hmm. So the first six to eight months of my career, I was doing that stuff. And then I was like, come on, this is not really me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I needed to... Look at material other than that So then I concentrated more on my culture Mm. Being British and Nigerian Where I come from and and doing that stuff So it made me stand out from all the other Female comedians Because I wasn't doing that kind of material So it helped me in a way for the first sort of Eight to ten years But then it got to a point where I was completely Omitting an an entire section Of my life Mm -hmm. because I was closed off And you know I didn't come out So after I got to the States people knew you know, I had mm-hmm. girlfriends, all my friends knew there were rumors all about me in England. And whenever <laughs> I do interviews, they'd ask me about my sexuality. They would go, So what are the, about these rumors? And I'd go, I ain't saying yes or no. Right. If you're telling me I'm not funny, then we're gonna get into an argument. But I don't right. but who I'm sleeping with is nothing to do with my so comedy right now, so don't ask me that. None of right, your business. Right. But then it got to a point where I was like, you know what? I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm just gonna do this, I am who I am. I'm making my own career. At this point, I'd moved to the States. Uh, I was making my own specials because I was like, I'm not waiting for Netflix. I'm not waiting for Mm -hmm. Showtime. I'm going to make my own specials. So I was putting my money, taking my money, saving my money, booking Mm -hmm. the theatre, selling those tickets myself, pounding Mm -hmm. the pavements. Like my second special, Life into America, was made in San Francisco in this little theatre called the Brava Theatre. And... Nobody knew me mm. So I was flying out To uh, San Francisco Every week Pounding the payments Giving out my flyers Doing as right. many radio interviews As I could To fill out this th- theatre And I, I hired a crew And made my own special mm-hmm. And That's beautiful Three specials I made them myself So I was doing my own thing So I was like Who am I scared of? Mm-hmm. You, these people ain't giving me specials They're not giving me anything I'm going to be who the hell I am mm-hmm. And so that's when I was like You know, I'm going to just start talking about my own life Whatever, take me or leave me And, you know, there was always a fear Because uh, the first audience that really embraced me in the UK Was the black British audience mm-hmm. So there was always that fear that they Disown you Yeah, they disown me when I came out But then they didn't because right. they, they've grown to love me and my comedy And the fact that I'm My comedy is say what I say mm-hmm. No regrets I don't take nothing back So they stuck with me on that And you know That's not all I talk about There mm-hmm. are many facets to my personality Many facets to who I am And that's just one of them No doubt
0: know? Um, I want to talk a little bit about Bob Hart's Abishola Yes This is a beautiful journey From where you started To being on this show mm-hmm. um, Chuck Laurie on CBS This is like You know, prime, prime, prime
2: stuff. Prime time, yeah, it's prime time, baby. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, can you tell us how the show was created and how you got involved and and the origin story? I mean, it's a wonderful story. It's Mm -hmm. a wonderful story. Okay. So you know, I'm hustling. I'm Mm
2: -hmm. making my own specials. I'm trying to get booked in America. I'm working. I'm working. I'm Mm -hmm. just. I'm traveling all over the world. I'm I'm on a plane every other week, and I'd, I'd almost become resigned to the fact. You know what? Maybe that's not going to happen for me. Mm. You know, I don't have the look. I'm a little, I'm always been ahead of my time. Mm-hmm. Always been ahead of my time. I've done things and then people have gone, mm, we're not ready. We don't get it. And then five years later, someone comes out doing exactly the same mm. thing and it blows them up. So it's happened to me constant, numerous times throughout my career. Where I've right. just been a little bit too ahead of my time. So I thought, uh, you know, I was resigned to the fact, you know what? I'm going to keep hustling, mm-hmm. keep making my specials, mm-hmm. pe- keep putting good content out there and then you know it is what it is if i get too tired of all this traveling maybe i'll go into public speaking or whatever i don't know so that was what my my thought process was mm-hmm. about a year ago I'd, I'd just come back from just for laughs uh comedy festival in in canada, canada right. and i got a call from my agent saying hey uh and i'd had a killer set i you know i'd done the gala with tiffany had issues a friend of mine mm-hmm. she's wonderful Shout out to tiffany. wonderful oh, wonderful wonderful woman yeah, she's like awesome. she's always she was doing this gala and she was like I want Gina on it you know we've yeah. been friends from bit, and she was like I want Gina on this gala I want Gina and so I got to do this gala with her and it was great and so I'd had a killer set so I'd had a really good mm-hmm. festival came back and my agent calls me and goes oh uh, I just got a call from Warner Brothers uh, Chuck Lorre wants to meet you you mm-hmm. need to fly over to because uh, I was living in New York at the time fly over to LA and meet Chuck Lorre and I was like oh, Chuck Lorre <laughs> Name sounds familiar, right, right. and my agent was like, "Fuck, put the phone down, <laughs> Google him, call me back." So obviously, I Google him and go, "Oh shit, Big Band Theory, Two and a Half Men, Grace mm-hmm. Under Fire, all that." I was like, "Oh my god!" So I call back and I go, "All right." Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go to LA And meet this guy And my agent was so excited My manager was so excited They were like Oh my god if He's wanted to meet you You know That means he could be Wanting to do a show of you This mm. could be amazing This could be fun And they were very excited Now normally I've had many meetings Like that over the years And they've always Led to nothing So, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. so I'm like Yeah whatever But with this Because they were so excited mm. I started to get a little bit Despite myself I started to get A little bit excited And uh, so they're, they're, He was like Yeah they're going to Fly you over So I'm like Good they fly me over first class and my agent was like
1: no no oh, no and I was like
2: well no I've just come back from months on the road right. if they want to meet me want you know I, I just googled, I just googled uh, yeah. he's, he's worth 600 million dollars <laughs> <laughs> he's worth 600 million, <laughs> <laughs> worth $600 million. Right. he they can afford first class right. so call him back and say I want first class yes. so it went back oh, and forth for a while uh, yeah you know yeah. I know my worth you know yeah. and that's the thing know your worth people know your worth Amen. so then they they call back and we're like, all right, we'll fly you first class. So they fly me out to LA. I go to the meeting with them. I walk in the room and it's Chuck Laurie and it's two of the guys, Al Higgins and Eddie Gordetsky, who have helped him create a lot of the shows, Mike and Molly and Kaminsky. Mm-hmm. So I walk into the room, I sit down uh, and long story short, Chuck is like, okay, so you're wondering why uh, I brought you here? And I'm like, yeah, tell me. And they're like, well, uh, we really love Billy Gardell. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> From Mike and Molly. Yeah,
2: And I'm right. like, all right, what has this got to do with me? <laughs> and they're like, uh, so we we really want to make a show with Billy Gardell, and we're thinking, and you know, Chuck and Chuck had this idea. He'd been to Africa, and he had an epiphany. He met all these beautiful people, and he's like, I want to make another show, not Mike and Molly, but I want it with Billy Gardell. But he falls in love with a, a, a Nigerian immigrant, and I go, okay, interesting, right? That sounds like a very strange pitch, yeah, mm-hmm, strange. Right. And I was like, so you want me to play the Nigerian, woman? <laughs> and he goes. Not necessarily. Mm. So in my head, I'm like, what the the fuck am I
0: doing? What the fuck am I doing?
2: What the fuck? In my head. In my head. In the room, I was like- I love your inner voice. Yeah, inner voice. In the room, I was like, very interesting. So what would you like me to do? (laughs) So they were like, well, we're three white guys. We can't write this show. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'd like to bring you in as a consultant. Mm -hmm. And I was like, in my head, I was like, consultant, you brought me over. So you just want to rip my ideas mm-hmm. of African culture and make a bullshit show okay. for mm-hmm. CBS? Because I know I knew CBS's reputation when mm-hmm. it comes to diversity. So I was like, oh, this is some bullshit. But in, I didn't say it in the room. In the room, I was like, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how did you find me? Now, I'm I'm expecting, uh, you know, Eddie to say and Al to say, you know, uh oh, yeah, we... You know, we've seen your specials on Netflix, we saw Def Comedy Jam, we've mm-hmm. seen your work on the The Daily Show as the British correspondent, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And he went, Oh, um, we typed into Google Nigerian oh female comics, and up he came. And,
1: oh my god. And really? in my head, I was like, <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> In my head. In my head. Okay.
1: Kicking him in the throat. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> in the in the room, I was like, oh, interesting.
0: No, so, I just you just brought me back to Eddie Murphy Raw. Oh he god. said he said when you go in a dictionary, could be a picture of me like, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and
2: and th- that you know, they were honest and truthful. Mm-hmm. That that's how they found me. They right. typed into Google, you know, African female comics, and uh, a few of us came up, but obviously I was the best. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and they found a set. Was that the I, picture yeah. from Google? <laughs> <laughs> and they found a set that I did. Well, I was. Mm-hmm. Taught, I don't know if you've seen this set. It was. A, it, it was a live with Apollo. It was a UK show. Funny mm-hmm. enough, people think it's the. The, the, the Apollo, Apollo Hammersmith yeah it's the right. Apollo Hammersmith which is three times the size of the Harlem Park it's That's a huge right. TV show we
0: do black star shows there Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: oh yeah. you did. well yeah. there you go right. yeah. so it's a huge theatre yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's a TV show and it's the biggest stand up comedy show mm-hmm. in the UK and Europe and I did a set there where my mum was in the crowd and I talk about my mum and the mm-hmm. immigrant experience and how my mum was uh, was a hard you know she drove us hard and, and this and
0: is one of the specials you did yourself
2: no this okay. was just a TV set t- it's oh, wow. a TV it, show yeah right, it was right, a right. TV show I did this set and it was so funny because I used to get trolled in the UK. All she talks about is being black. All she talks about is being African. All she talk- and, I used to, and it started to get into my head. Mm-hmm. And so when I was about to do that show, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do a straight observational set. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to talk about my African heritage just to prove to these trolls I can do whatever comedy mm-hmm. I want. But then two days before recording the set, I was like, fuck these trolls. Exactly. Fuck them. I'm gonna do what the hell I want. Right. So I did my material that I was gonna do about my mum, and my mum was in the crowd, and mm. I do a routine, and my mum just stands up. Yeah, I've seen this. Yeah, and the whole theater goes crazy. Wow. And my mum is just like, mm-hmm.
0: yeah.
2: yes, that is me. I am the one. I yeah. am the one. <laughs> so that clip went viral. Mm-hmm. And that was the clip that they found. Can you imagine if That's I hadn't beautiful. done that set That's right. and had just done a regular That's exactly routine? Right. I wouldn't be on this TV show now. Stay true to yourself. Stay
1: true. So to I yourself. stay true
2: to myself. Mm-hmm. Stuck with my own instincts. So they found that set, and mm-hmm. so you know, the, Eddie and Al told me the story later where Chuck was like, "I want to make this show, with African immigrant woman and Billy Gardell," and then he, he'd come in the room uh, about a week later, and they and Ad, Eddie and Al had found that set and they'd had it paused on mm-hmm. their laptop. And Chuck had come in a week later and goes, forget this show, scrap it, because it's not gonna work. How are we gonna find a female Nigerian comic to help us with <laughs> what this? Are you I know three forget it. that scrap I Scrap the whole it. idea. And Obviously, then, he's never seen a Nollywood movie. Yeah. No. <laughs> so then Ellie and I were like, What about this woman? And then they just turned the laptop around and pressed play, and then my set came up and mm. Chuck watched it wow. and laughed and went, was like, Get her over here That's beautiful So that's how they came about So then I originally Came in as a consultant I, I Originally I said no to it mm-hmm. I, went, I left the meeting with them And I yeah, said Because that so, is a strange pitch Yeah mm-hmm. I called my agent yeah. And my manager And I was like This don't feel right I'm going to say no nah, to Tell them thank you But no thank you I'm gonna say no. But luckily, I've got people around me <laughs> who can tell me when I'm being a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. My brother and my best friend, Lila Rowe, is my best friend in the UK, and my brother, my younger brother, mm-hmm. Edwin. He's younger than me, but he's way smarter. Mm-hmm. And he calls me And he goes You're my older sister And I have to give you m- Your respect As my older n- mm-hmm. s- uh, Sibling in Nigerian culture But you are one Dumb fucking bitch <laughs> Take the gig right, Take right. the gig This is a massive opportunity You're too blinkered On your stand up mm-hmm. You don't You're so blinkered You don't see opportunities Coming you from You're so from, blinkered
1: Yeah Right I'm learning so much yeah. lingo for. See
2: She's gonna take that word And I'm put it into her, this, I'm her like character. writing down notes okay. So <laughs> blinkered is when Racehorses Racehorses they put these leather blinkers on the side of their faces, so that they can't see the other horses, so they can only see straight wow. ahead when right. they're when they're racing. Blinkers. So that's where that come from. You're so yeah. blinkered, you're looking just <laughs> at what you want to do, but right. you're not seeing opportunities coming from right. left field. And my best friend also rang me up and 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 abused me on the phone for an hour. So I got stereo abuse. <laughs> I mean, stereo- yeah, it was. <laughs> so I was like, oh, right, I'll come in and. Consult on this show for a few days, mm-hmm. and then I'll go back my business. But then once I got in the room with Chuck and Al and Eddie, I realized they were genuine. Mm-hmm. We all kind of fell in love. We were vibing, and then I was like, you know what? This could be an opportunity to make a really good show. Mm-hmm. So then I started pitching ideas, gives a platform to Nigerian culture. But this and- is what I'm saying. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna really put my all into this, even if they only can get, you know, give me a few days of money and then send me on my way. I'm gonna give it all. So I started pitching ideas and pitching jokes and pitching characters. You know, I told them about my life. I, you know, and all of this kind of stuff. And and it it was going really well. And I could see them kind of looking at each other because I was, right. you know, I listen. I saved right. them a few times because at one point I was like, "So what are you gonna call the characters?" And they were like, "Well, for Billy Gardell's character, we're gonna go with Bob." Mm-hmm. And I go, what about the Nigerian character? And they were like, we're thinking, I don't know, uh, Lupita? No. Oh my God. And I was like, okay, stop, stop, guys. You're right, right. fucking up already. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, right. let me explain something to you. Lupita is Kenyan. Number one, right. she's Kenyan. Different country. She's Kenyan. <laughs> number two, she was born in Mexico. Right. So her parents gave her the name Lupita, which is a know. Mexican name. Yeah, which is a Mexican. <laughs> I can pretty much guarantee there's not another African on the planet <laughs> called Lucia. fucking Lupita. Right. <laughs> so we're not going to go with that. Here's a list of Nigerian names. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the Yoruba tribe. Uh, I'm going to get here's a list of Yoruba names mm-hmm. and their meanings, pick one, and that's how we landed
1: wow. on
2: Abishala. Abi so yeah, uh about a few days in, um Chuck comes into the room and says, "Look, uh forget this consultant thing. We'd like you to stay with us and mm-hmm. help us create the show. So I was like, great. So then I was Just like mine
0: from your experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So I was mining, I was creating characters. Mm-hmm. And then obviously I'm thinking, this is going to be a show on CBS. Mm-hmm. I'm a performer. Yeah, put me in. I don't want to play Abishola. Because they thought I wanted the role of Abishola. Because mm-hmm. Chuck came in at one moment. But I was thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. I, my dream as a comedian, if you've read any interview with me, my dream has always been... To be the best friend on someone else's sitcom. I uh. did.
0: I did read that, and when I thought that, I thought of Dave Chappelle's recent special when he was talking about Kevin Hart, and he said, "That's a very strange dream for an African person to have."
1: Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> to be <there>. oh. <laughs> always been my dream. Yeah.
0: No pressure, I come in, I steal scenes,
2: I bounce, mm-hmm. and I use that mm-hmm. to sell out theaters. Because my first love is stand-up, always will be. So whatever I do on television, whatever, I don't care about being a movie star. I don't want Kevin Hart's career. It's too much
0: scrutiny. So I
1: don't not, want all that.
2: I'm
0: not Theo, I'm cockroach. Yeah, I
1: just want But the best be, friend always yeah. gets, bo- gets, steals the scenes. Yeah, Everyone I want to be the friend, the best friend. come in. do my da-da-da-da. Right.
2: And then use that <laughs> to sell out theaters in a reading. Right. That was always been my dream. So when we started writing the show, I was like, I started pitching different characters. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? Abishola needs a confidant, a Mm -hmm. friend that she can go and talk to about this white guy chasing Mm -hmm. her. And so the character became Woman on the Bus. My character had no name. It was just called Woman on the Bus. Then halfway through, uh, Chuck comes in and goes, uh, all right, we're going to start casting this. CBS are interested in making this pilot. If you want the role of Abishola, you're going to have to audition Mm -hmm. with the other actors. And I turned to Chuck and I was like, I don't want the role of Abishola, Chuck. I want... Woman on, a woman, on woman on the on bus Woman on the bus mm-hmm. And Chuck looked at me And he went You're very fucking smart <laughs> <laughs> And then And that's how it became wow. The show It became an, And we, we We cast a wonderful mm. actress For mm-hmm. Lake Oluwafo Yeku To play She's yeah She's really good Phenomenal Yeah, The cast is phenomenal mm-hmm. I saw um, I mean you have Chuck Lorre He has access to yeah, but the thing is, mm-hmm. it's, it's so funny because he has the access, but you're never, you you know, you're not aware of all these Ni- this Nigerian talent out no, there. Wait, 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 the so we auditioned some wonderful people and I made sure I sat in the audition room. Amen. So that when these actors came into the audition room, they see this face mm-hmm. and they know it's not mm-hmm. bullshit. That's it's, right. This is a good project. So I made mm-hmm. sure I was there. I saw uh, Shola Adewusi, who plays Auntie Olu. I saw her on Chewing Gum. Mm-hmm. And I remember I thinking... <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make a show about my life, and I want her to play my mum. So then, when the right. role of Auntie Ollie was coming up, I said to Chuck and the guys, "Look at this woman, Shola uh on chewing gum. Get her <laughs> to audition." And she was in England. She's mm-hmm. British, Nigerian, like me. She auditioned in England. She blew it out of the water, and that's how she got on the show. And so, yeah, and that's it's great. It's You're providing
0: opportunities,
2: wonderful. Uh, yeah, that must feel it's awesome. Wonderful. It's wonderful. It's so many
1: gems you've dropped. So many lessons. Please, oh, oh yeah. yeah, it's, it's
2: beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> Nigerians are like, you know, uh, 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 over the moon about it the show's doing well mm-hmm. you know the ratings are going up you know people are loving it which is wonderful because at first you see it and you go what is this mm-hmm. what is this weird name yeah what is this it's odd and so people are start- finding it it's taken longer yeah. but it's it's rising nicely and people are finding it and falling in love with it
0: the interesting thing about this story to me is that you know Chuck Laurie is this rich privileged white man who's you know has all this power mm-hmm. and so to see a show on mainstream television, um the first gut feeling I have is like, okay, well, that's a brave choice for him. But is it brave for him? It's it's I don't think it's brave. I don't think brave is the right word. When I when I hear your story and I think about the preconceived notions I have of someone like him, and 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 you've confirmed some of them. When you walk in the room and they're like, it's Lupita, and mm-hmm. you've, you've confirmed some of this thing. Um brave is not the right word because he doesn't have anything to lose. Mm-hmm. He won't be any less rich if the show happens, right? Yeah, but but he didn't have to one. do it. But, and that's what so the and, word...
2: You know, so I see him as a visionary almost. In that
0: he takes these risks and he's like, well, we'll try it. And he loves the project. I agree. I think the word is commendable. Mm. Like mm. I, I, I shifted around because I, as brave, I'm like, I don't know if that's brave, but it's certainly commendable. It's commendable that he would stop and look at the world around him and be like, something's missing. Let me try, to, let me t- attempt. In his willingness to Let learn. me attempt to provide And the fact that's... that he
2: brought me in, because mm-hmm. the arrogance of, you know, somebody like that mm-hmm. would be forgiven for being arrogant and going, I'm Chuck Laurie, I can make anything. I've made a show about a bunch of physic- physicists, mm-hmm. a massive hit, mm-hmm. a bunch of nerds, I can do anything. Right. And he could have been arrogant and gone, you know what, we can write this, mm-hmm. we can write this. But the fact that he was able to look outside himself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And go, no. Mm-hmm. And, he and be that self-aware to go, no, we need somebody from that background yeah. to make sure we get this right. It's right. Extremely commendable. That's and right. I'm forever grateful to him for doing that because he has changed my life. No doubt. Because, you know, I am now a co-creator of a primetime sitcom mm-hmm. on, TV, on television mm-hmm. in America. I'm a producer on the show. Mm-hmm. I'm a writer on the wow. show. I, you know, there's no, you know, I'm making sure that uh, as it's as
0: authentic as possible, mm-hmm. and I'm acting on the show. Yeah. I mean, wow, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, we had Anthony Anderson on, and uh, he has a show on Black Blackish oh, on love on that ABC, show. Love that which show. is also has a similar issues to CBS. And They're owned by Disney. Yeah. You know. Um, and we talked about about with him tackling progressive issues and tackling uh controversial issues within this frame of mainstream, you know, primetime television. Um, have y'all run into any issues with that? You know what? It, it's wonderful working in the Chuck universe. Mm-hmm. Wonderful because we don't get the
2: network notes. Mm-hmm. A lot of sitcoms get destroyed by the network executives coming in and going, well, "We think you should do this," and I, I don't know if you. Mm, mm, I'm, I'm not sure if you can use the word mm, 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 mm-hmm. "booty scratch." Mm, mm, mm. You get a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Whereas, because of Chuck's wonderful track record, mm-hmm. they leave us alone. Okay. Wow. So we can handle issues. I mean, there are are some scenes in our show that have upset people. Right. Because we're talking about stuff that has never been really talked about outside of the black community. That's usually, like, there was a scene that caused a lot of issues where uh, the the three ladies, you know, Gloria, Kemi, Abishola, are talking about the hierarchy of Mm -hmm. men. And Kemi's like, yeah, top of the list, African man, same tribe. You know, Nigerian man, same Mm -hmm. tribe Then Nigerian man, other tribe (laughs) Then other Africans, except Tunisians And then, (laughs) you know And then Caribbean men Mm -hmm. And then white men Mm -hmm. And then African American men Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wrote it in such Because these are old school That's right Divisive beliefs that were fed That's right. To us. And we need to address them, especially to comedy. By white supremacy. Mm -hmm. So we addressed it. And I made sure that when I wrote that scene, I made sure that Gloria, who's the African-American character, had a strong comeback. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, when we're writing this scene, I said, Kemi could not just say this stuff Mm -hmm. and Gloria just sit there and take it. She's got to have a strong comeback. Mm -hmm. We've got to make sure that this is a balanced argument Mm -hmm. so we can see both sides of it and you can see that I'm not just trying to denigrate a group of people, but Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to do a show the, the thought processes and, and, and show the misinformation that we've been fed right. as black people about each other. So it because, be changed. because Africans have always been fed the, the disinformation that African Americans are, are criminal. Mm-hmm. They're lazy. Mm-hmm. They don't work as hard. They have no culture. They have no work ethic. That And we were fed the same thing about Caribbeans. Mm-hmm. Then African Americans and Caribbeans were fed the thing about Africans how they, they're animalistic. They're mm-hmm. tribalistic. They're, 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 they're heathens. They're mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. And that they think they're better than, than uh, you know, their mm-hmm. African-American and, and Caribbean counterparts. So there's that been that discord mm-hmm. between us forever. And these are some of the things that we were trying to cover in that. So when I did that hierarchy of men, these are thoughts that have actually been expressed mm-hmm. within the African community. That's not how I think because I'm younger and I'm much more, f- you know, woke. Mm-hmm. I hate using that word because mm-hmm. it's been overused, but I am. But these are thoughts that have been expressed. And so... My character is of that generation, mm-hmm. so that's why it was brought up. But we made sure that Gloria came back with a strong comeback, saying that this is this is white supremacy speaking. This mm-hmm. is you know it, it's it's you've been fed this information, and when you get stopped by the police, they're not seeing African Caribbean; that's they're right. seeing this. Yeah, that's right. And and that was her comeback, and I thought it was a very strong comeback. I did too. And then even to to further try and show that the the African's way of thinking was wrong. My character said, well, the whole baby mama thing, that's what they say about you guys on Fox News. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying we we get our information from Fox News, Mm -hmm. which everybody knows is spreading lies and different disinformation. Mm -hmm. So from my character says that I'm saying we are misinformed. That's right. My characters are misinformed by saying these things. That's right. But people got very upset about it. They
0: didn't see the nuance of it. They didn't. Well, it got weaponized by people who, who had ill intent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. to me, if you're someone who has ever seen a TV sitcom or ever seen a comedy show, you understand the context of which. But you're right. That clip got rep- weaponized by people who are seeking to cause uh, a dissension and divide between yeah. native born American people and African exactly, people and they, people they, from Exactly. They, they cut out. Yeah. The whole context. They cut out the glorious
2: comeback, mm-hmm. but only showed my character doing mm-hmm. this. Yep. And cut out the rest of it. Yeah, that's done
0: very much on purpose.
2: Yeah, and it felt like they mm-hmm. yeah, they were doing the, using the same tactics that the far right
0: use. That's to exactly right. It was because a tactics. lot of those people are funded by the far right. When you see anonymous <laughs> accounts doing that, that's what they're doing. Um, now, <laughs> you spent some time living in Brooklyn. You spent some time living in Los Angeles. Yes. On the Netflix TV show Stand Up. Um, I really enjoyed your performance oh, on that. Thank there. you, thank um, you. When you came out, you came out to Afro Puffs by Lady yeah. of Rage. One of my faves. Big fan, of, awesome.
2: big fan of Lady of Rage. Big um, fan of women in hip hop. No doubt. You know Missy Elliott, the Brat You know Moni Love. La- oh, I'm just shout
0: a big out to fan. Moni Love. Moni, Moni got to do this show. My fellow Brit, Moni, you're supposed to be the first British person on this show. And yep. we got
1: like three now. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Um, but Estelle, yeah, obviously uh, Estelle was bringing shout you know, out to Estelle. Yeah. Um, talk to me about your love for hip hop and how hip hip hop informs your comedy. Oh man, uh,
2: look, I've uh, been a fan of hip hop from early teenage days. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Soul to Soul used to play. Yeah, Jazzy B, shout out yeah, to Jazz, Jazzy, Karen Jazzy Wheeler. Jazzy B, so Karen Wheeler, that's my girl. No uh, they used to play uh, the Fridge Club, which is a big uh, big mm-hmm. club in South London. They used to play there. They had a residency there for years. Uh, in the sort of uh, like late eighties, early nineties mm-hmm. in London, and you go there and you you'd be doing the Running Man for seven hours straight <laughs> to all the hip hop. So you know, I, and that's where I used to go there every week, and that was my. I had blonde, funky dreads, mm-hmm. the little round glasses, funky dreads. That's, yeah, that's what funky Johnny dreads. I I was all about that, right? And I was listening. You know, I was listening to everything. Big Daddy Kane mm-hmm. was one of my favorites. You know, and Africa Bombata, mm-hmm. like. Old school I'm an old school Hip mm-hmm. hop head That's my that, yeah. I don't really know That much about the stuff Because I can't understand The rap now okay. I, I sound like an old lady Do when you I like Stormzy? I love Stormzy Okay I love our British I love yes. the fact That we've got our own voice Because originally When British rappers Tried to do rap They were kind of Emulating the American style yeah. mm-hmm. Of rap And sometimes They rapped in an American accent And it's like That's You know I understand why They did it mm-hmm. But it wasn't really I yeah, thing. Yeah. And I love how The grime And the to the All those guys Right that they've got their own unique sound mm-hmm. and they're doing their own thing, their own beats, and you know, and people are feeling it. Mm-hmm. You got Drake trying to collaborate, and you got all these different people <laughs> collaborating because right. we got our own sound. And I love how Nigerian
0: music, what African music is oh, oh, all yeah. te- We're taking it's over. Brilliant. It's beautiful. Hey, ah, beats is killing you can't it. Do it. I, you know, I DJ a little bit. You cannot do a party without Afrobeats. Now, without
2: Afrobeats. Nah, you gotta yeah. drop a Wizkid. you gotta drop a mm-hmm. Burner Boy, you gotta drop a David O. you gotta do all of that. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. I love it. It's a beautiful My thing. Death.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Mm. a wonderful guest on the People's Party. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
1: you.